If we don't hold the system accountable, nothing will change. Hey everybody, welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host. And tonight I'm going to go over the case of Joaquin Rams and Hera McLeod. Everything that you'll hear on this episode today came from ABC News and the show Citizen P.I. on Oxygen and Wikipedia. Joaquin Rams was born in 1972 in New York. When he got older, he decided that he wanted to move, so he decided to put down roots in Manassas, Virginia. He was the third of three sons, his mother, Alma Collins. His family, they stayed back in New York. He was the only one that wanted to go to Virginia. In February of 2010, he decided he wanted to try online dating, and that's when he met Hera McLeod. She was originally from Gaithersburg, Maryland, but also moved to Manassas, Virginia, after she returned back from overseas. He liked that she was very smart. She was an engineering manager at one time, a special ed teacher, and even got to work for the Department of Intelligence for the government. Hera liked that Joaquin was an upcoming musician and a businessman. She also liked that he had an 11-year-old son that he took care of all by himself. She thought that was very flattering, especially because she knew she wanted to have children too. The first date, they really hit it off, and they decided that they wanted to continue seeing each other. Only about nine months in, Hera was pregnant. Things were going really good, but they were surprised. They weren't ready for such a big commitment at such a short period of time with somebody. It wasn't exactly planned. But they were happy. Hera just wished that if they were going to have a baby, it would have been after marriage. But they weren't going to rush into anything. Especially, her family wasn't really that keen on Joaquin. (laughs) They were excited about the baby. As her pregnancy evolved... So did Joaquin. He started to become a totally different person. He was being emotionally and sometimes even physically abusive towards her. But she made up excuses for him, thinking, you know, maybe there's something going on that she wasn't aware of. Maybe it's some kind of mental disorder. Maybe it's a medical disorder. She was hoping that this baby was going to bring back the old Joaquin and things would get good again. Okay, I'm not saying that that can't happen, but it's very unlikely. On July 1st, 2011, they had their son, and they named him Prince. The whole family was happy. She had family coming from everywhere. Even her sister, her younger sister, came down from college. It was about two weeks after Prince was born that Joaquin wanted to take her sister out. He could tell that nobody liked him, and he wanted to make things right. When Hera asked her sister to go, she really didn't want to, but she was asking her, like, will you please go? Can you at least try? He's trying. She went. As time went by, Hera could hear commotion going on at the front door, and she could hear Joaquim yell, I never touched her! Turns out, he raped her sister. 
but he would later claim that it was consensual. But either way, I'm sorry. We just had a baby. You're trying to make things right and you're going to rape my sister? So pretty much she was disgusted. So she was leaving that house and she was taking Prince with her. He told her not so fast. You can go, but Prince is staying with me. Hera wasn't going to back down, so he responded with, fine, just leave, and I will kill you like I did Sean. She has no idea who Sean is, but that was terrifying. Like, did he really just admit to murdering somebody? She's pissed. She's frightened. She wants police. They refused to arrest him. Because Joaquin was denying all of these allegations. And they just didn't have enough evidence. Um, hello. Bring the sister in. Do a rape kit. I don't get that shit. That sounds like lazy cop to me. She's freaked out. Who have I been sleeping next to this whole time? That's when she decided that the police aren't going to help me. I'm going to do it. And she became her own PI. First thing that she wanted to do was figure out who this Sean person was. And I mean, obviously, if you Google the name Sean, holy shit, there's a lot of Seans out there. But when she put in Manassas, Virginia, she found a grave. The grave was for Sean Katrina Mason. On March 19th of 2003... Sean was found dead in a back room of her apartment. There was a gunshot wound to the head. And shit was really about to get real because this was Joaquin's older son's mother. Christina Perry, former sergeant, was at the crime scene on that day when Sean was murdered. Joaquin was the one who called 911. He told police that she was supposed to come and pick up his son, but she never showed and she wasn't in contact with him. So he got worried. He wanted to come over to the house and check on her. He claimed that he looked through the window and he could see blood on the carpet and on the walls. He threw one of her planters through the window. That way he was able to get into the house. On Citizen P.I., she stated that there was no way he could have seen through that window. The blinds and the curtains were closed. And all the lights were off. There's no way. Another red flag at that time is just days after all of this, Joaquin started calling her family members and even her place of employment. He wanted to know if she had a life insurance policy. And if so who was the beneficiary. She did have a policy, but it wasn't for him. It was for her son. She decided she wanted to talk to Sean's mother, Cheryl Mason. When she got her on the phone, Cheryl told her, girl, you need to run, run far, far as you can. Her and her family definitely felt as if Joaquin was responsible for her daughter's murder. They ended up talking for hours. She found out a lot more about the man she thought she already knew. For starters, that wasn't even his birth name. 
Just months before Sean was murdered, John Anthony Ramirez changed his name to his son's name, Joaquim Shadow Rams Sr. He tried to say that the life insurance was left for him, not their son. But thank God they were smarter than that. She also found out that the family that he portrayed, that was his family, Cheryl told her that is not his family. Everything about this man is becoming a lie. Hera also was able to locate one of his aunts. His aunt told her that his mother was found dead back in 2008 while she was staying with Joaquim. She was found laying on her bed in her room with a plastic bag over her head. They ruled this a suicide. Who the hell is going to die that way? Even his own family thinks that he is responsible. And guess how much he made on that one? $162,000. Finding all this out, it really scared her. Because now she knows what he's capable of. You're telling me that he murdered two people? And he's threatening me? She knew she needed to act quickly and take him to court for full custody. She was granted sole custody of Prince in March of 2012. But the Montgomery court still allowed supervised visits with a retired police officer, despite everything that she had to say. The supervision requirement was lifted by Justice Michael J. Algio, allowing Joaquim to take his son on the weekends unsupervised. She was livid. She presented all the evidence that she had about all the people who were dying around him. She was able to prove that he has no source of income. Hera had even warned that her son would be in danger if he was left alone with Joaquim. He had a trail of death. Didn't matter. On October 20th, 2013, a call comes into 911 from a man, and he's stating that his roommate's 15-month-old son is not responsive and that they think he's having a seizure. And the son's name was Prince. This was the fourth overnight visit that he had with his father. The fourth. When paramedics and everybody arrives, Prince was still alive. But they knew that they had to rush him to Fairfax Hospital. Once he was there, they run some scans to see if he had any brain activity. But he didn't. He would have to depend on machines to keep him alive. On October 21st, that's when they took him off of life support and he passed away. Michelle Merritt, a former detective, took the case to see if this was a child crime. Hera wanted answers. She was going to get justice for her son, even if there was none for her, none for her sister. She goes and sees Michelle and hands her a box filled with all the paperwork that Hera has found on him. Inside that box was also including the murder of Sean and his mother. She didn't really expect too much because that kind of seemed to be the pattern. 
But when she was in Michelle's office, she looked over at the computer monitor and there was a picture of a little boy. And she said, is that your son? And Michelle said, no. That is a picture of a boy who passed away and I haven't been able to get justice for him. So I leave him there. I want to see him every day. She wanted to make sure that that got solved. And that gave Harris some relief. Like somebody actually cared. She told Michelle, look into his financials, look to see if he had a life insurance policy on anybody, including her son. So they get a search warrant and they go to Joaquin's apartment. Some things did kind of stand out to her. When police questioned him, he told them that he was in a different room, but he could hear Prince starting to seize. He said he gave his son a cold bath in an attempt to bring down a fever-induced seizure. When they looked at the crib, there was a drool stain on the crib that had blood in it. Things weren't adding up. When they looked into his financials, he was only paying for one thing. And one thing only. A life insurance policy for Prince worth $500,000. Murder was his means to life. People were just dollar signs to him. The official cause of death for Prince was ruled as a drowning. They had found fluid in his lungs. So on January 25th, 2013, they arrested Joaquin for first-degree murder. They believe that he drowned the baby, then suffocated the baby, and then put him in his crib and pretty much just left him there to die. He expected when police to arrive for him to be dead already, but he wasn't. At his capital murder trial, a medical examiner stated that Prince didn't have a history of seizures, and he didn't have one that day either. Prosecutors speculated that his motive for the murder was deep financial troubles. And that was even backed up by four jailhouse informants who testified against Joaquin. Justice Randy Bellows found the defendant guilty of his son's death. Everything pointed to him. He took out that insurance policy in September of 2011. When his child was only two months old, who needs a life insurance policy on a two-month-old? He was planning this. And in exchange for waiving his right to a jury trial, he was spared a death sentence and instead received a life sentence without parole. And he's currently imprisoned at the Red Onion State Prison. He tried to maintain his innocence. But how stupid can you be? Like, let real talk here. You're standing in front of a judge for custody. She throws out that you're probably already a two-time murderer. And you decide that we're just, we're going to do it again. Like right after that you've been accused of all of this. Even warned that her son would be in danger if he was left alone with Joaquin. Hera wanted to hold the family court accountable and to reform life insurance policies for children. She said, until we hold the system accountable, nothing will change. And she is so right. 
When you have that much evidence against the person, you do not deserve to have unsupervised visits with said child. He would probably still be alive today if that guy didn't overturn it. Because don't forget, at first he had supervised visits. I'd be going for his job. Per ABC News... A grand jury indicted Joaquin Shadow Rams, 41, of Manassas on murder and lesser-related charges for the 2003 shooting death of Sean Mason. And he is still under investigation in the 2008 death of his mother. This never should have happened. I say this in so many of my episodes, but it's the truth. I don't understand why the Predator's get more rights than the victims. She had proof. Okay, so it wasn't like proof, proof, but Michael J. Algeo needs to be fired. And he needs to think about that boy's death every day because it's his fault. Well, it's Joaquin's fault, but you gave him to him on a silver platter. Abuse is never okay. Do not make exceptions. Do not make excuses. Make a run for it. If you or somebody else you know is dealing with abuse, please go to crimeovercocktails.com. I have a page dedicated. It will help you if you're suicidal, if you're facing addiction, if you're being abused, if you're being trafficked. Tell me what you think about this case. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your platform. Other things to do at crimeovercocktails.com is if you want to listen to the episodes or just check out the page. If you want to help support the show, there's a few ways to do that, and there will be more coming up for as little as a dollar a month. All right, you guys, we'll talk crime another time. Bye. Bye.